2: Dead America, Low Country, Part 3 Written by Derek Slayton Narrated by Aaron Smith Chapter 1 Day Zero, Plus Two Dante laid on his makeshift cot that consisted of a beaten-down comforter with some questionable stains on it, and a musty knitted blanket that barely covered half of his body. Even though this was far from the Ritz-Carlton, He was happy to have it. He rolled onto his back and stared up at the ceiling, his muscles still sore from the chaos of the previous day. Fighting, running, a high dive off of a perfectly good bridge. As he ran through the events in his head, rubbing his biceps to soothe them, he could see Grace's terrified face as he grabbed Bailey and leapt from that bridge. Just hang in there, he thought, prayed. I'm going to figure out how to get to you. He gazed around the living room where most of the crew slept soundly, or at least as soundly as they could given the accommodations. Lily sprawled on the couch, her shoulder-length bleach-blonde hair splayed across her face in an epic tangle. Bailey was tucked away in the corner, still wearing her vest from her work at the superstore. Cam and Philip shared a blanket in the middle of the floor, occasionally tugging it back and forth to try and get some more coverage. He ran a hand down the puckered skin of his face, thinking darkly of the last time he'd seen Grace so terrified. The first time he'd thought he was going to lose her. He'd risked everything for her then, and he would do it again, a million times, to keep her safe. There was a shuffle on the front porch, and he sat up straight, heart pounding a mile a minute. He caught the shadow of someone outside and let out a deep breath of relief when he spotted an arm bringing a cigarette up to her face. Looks like Ace is up early, he thought, and pulled himself from the small mattress with a groan. He stretched his arms above his head, reveling in the crackle of his back as he relieved some of the tension in his muscles. He moved softly to the front door so he wouldn't disturb anyone, and slipped out onto the porch, closing the door silently behind him. As he stepped forward, Ace jumped, nearly fumbling with his cigarette. "God damn, Scarface, he blurted. You part ninja or something? Dante cracked a smile. I was the neighborhood hide-and-go-seek champion four years running, he said, so I guess that counts. It must, because you quiet as hell, Ace replied, and motioned for his companion to join him on the stairs. He moved his hunting rifle from the step next to him to make a spot. The sun had barely risen above the trees, painting the sprawling yard in a beautiful golden glow. Dante took a deep breath of the nice and crisp fall air, the light breeze hitting his face as he sidled up on the stairs. Ace pulled out his pack of cigarettes and flipped the top, holding it out to him, but he shook his head, politely holding up a hand. "'So, you sleep all right?' Ace asked, stuffing the pack back into his shirt pocket. "'I know my place ain't exactly set up to be a hotel, after all.' Dante chuckled. "'Believe it or not, I have stayed in worse.' he admitted. "'Learn the hard way. Hotels are like tattoos. You shouldn't go for the budget option.' Ace laughed and shook his head, but sobered quickly at a rustle in the bushes. He tensed and put his hand on his rifle, eyes widening. But then a squirrel darted out from the leaves and he let out a deep breath of relief. "'Man, we're gonna be on edge for a while, aren't we?' he asked, rubbing his forehead as he took a deep drag of his smoke. Dante nodded slowly, offering him a sad smile. Afraid so, he replied, still trying to process everything. You ain't kidding, Ace agreed. When my neighbors would get drunk and start yelling at each other all hours of the night, I'd lay in bed swearing to myself that one of these days I was going to shoot those fuckers. He clucked his tongue with a wet smack. Kinda crazy I had to do that yesterday. Dante clasped his hands together. "'leaning his elbows on his knees. "'Amazing how quickly this illness spreads and turns people. "'Oh, they hadn't turned into those things,' his companion drawled. "'I just saw on the news that the world was going to shit "'and decided to take my shot.' Dante blinked at him with concern, his mouth slightly agape in shock. "'After a beat, Ace dissolved into laughter, "'shaking his head and slapping his thigh. "'Holy shit, Scarface. You thought I was serious? He gasped through a gale of giggles. Come on, man. I got a mirror. I know damn well I don't look that trustworthy. His new friend joined in the contagious laughter, relief washing over him. Man, I may be part ninja, just rolling out of bed, he said. But my brain definitely needs coffee. Well, we'll run up to the store here in a bit, Ace replied but I want to ask you something first. Dante's brow furrowed. Have at it, he said. You know I'm just fucking with you, right? His companion asked, the smile gone from his face. Dante raised his eyebrows. About shooting the neighbors? he asked. Yeah, I gathered that. Nah, I mean about calling you Scarface, Ace replied, waving his hand in front of his face before taking another drag of his cigarette. The bigger man shrugged. I mean, I don't take any offense to it, he assured him. People handle the way I look differently. I don't let it get to me. Now, nah, man, it's not like that. I don't give a shit how you look, Ace replied through a lungful of smoke and then exhaled before flicking the butt into the yard. I had this buddy from school, Scotty Sterling. We came up together from first grade with a few other boys. Just a bunch of holy terrors, causing teachers to drink and rethink their life choices. A ghost of a smile crossed his face at the memory, and then disappeared. Well, as hard as we were on them, we were a lot harder on each other. Calling each other every name under the sun, pulling pranks. I mean, you name it, and we did it to each other. I swear, if I had a dollar for every time, i have shit in a bag and threw it at a moving car. well. Let's just say, I wouldn't be living in this place. Dante smirked. Nothing like the charm of that small town life, he said. You ain't kidding, Ace agreed with a chuckle. Anyway, after high school, Scotty decided to join up and serve his country. That lasted all of about 18 months. Guy got deployed and sent home after an IED fucked him up good. He was so bad he made you look like a beauty queen. Dante spread his arms, motioning to his chest. I mean, I do have a hell of a swimsuit body, he joked. As long as it ain't a speedo, Ace quipped. The bigger man grimaced and shook his head. I think we have enough horror going on without that, he replied, and then motioned for Ace to continue. So, Scotty gets back, and me and the boys don't really know how to act around him, he said, leaning back on his hands. I mean, we tried to be supportive and friendly, and definitely no bag bombs. Finally, after two weeks, he snapped and laid into us. Turns out, ever since the attack, people had been treating him with kid gloves. Doctors, nurses, his family. And he was pissed that we were doing it too. He shook his head. Only thing he wanted was to be treated normally. He held up a finger. So, from that moment on, we mocked the hell out of him. Pulled pranks, called him shit, you name it. There was this one time, about six months after he got back, he managed to snag a date. He snickered before continuing. He had just had another surgery on his leg and was in a wheelchair for a bit. Well, he made the mistake of telling us what restaurant he was taking this pretty little thing to, so we took it upon ourselves to support him. Dante put a hand over his eyes. I'm guessing that doesn't mean sending them a bottle of wine, he asked. No, sir, it did not, Ace said, through a shit eating grin. We got one of those steering wheel club things that little old ladies would put on their cars, so if someone tried to steal it they wouldn't be able to drive it. Well, we rushed in and attached it to one of his wheels and ran out. He let out a big belly laugh, and then through his mirth added, I still remember his parting words. This isn't what I meant, you assholes. Dante barked a laugh, shaking his head. I get where you're coming from, he finally said, offering his new friend a smile. So you feel free to lay into me all you want. Oh, it's going to happen, Ace replied, pointing a warning finger at him. And on that note, Dante replied, all trace of humor gone from his face. I just want to say about the sister fucking comment from yesterday. I meant every single word of it. Ace guffawed at his companion's serious tone, and Dante couldn't keep a straight face for long before joining in. Oh, we're gonna have some fun, Scarface, he said, clapping him on the back. You boys are in a good mood today, Lily said as she stepped out of the house. Ace and Dante both startled at her voice. The former, turning around to bark at her, God damn! don't do that!' he gave Dante's shoulder a playful punch. "'See? That's the shit you did to me!' The bigger man shrugged sheepishly before moving over so Lily could take a seat between them. "'So, what has you in such a good mood today?' she asked. Ace sighed wistfully. "'Just telling Scarface here about old Scotty.' "'Oh, I haven't thought about him in years!' she said with a smile. Whatever happened to him? Her cousin motioned vaguely before pulling out his pack of cigarettes. Moved up to Columbia about a year ago, he replied, shoving a smoke between his lips. His wife got a job or something up there, so they headed out. I hope they're all right, Lily said quietly. Ace lit his cigarette and blew out a long stream of smoke. Eh, he's a tough bastard, he said flippantly. I'm sure he's laughing his ass off, wondering how we're faring down here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, she agreed, though she didn't sound convinced. She glanced down at his offered cigarette pack and shook her head. Quit a few months back, she said. Ace shrugged and stuck the pack back in his pocket. Works for me, he declared. Gonna be a shortage of these, so glad to know I have dibs when we come across them. "'Hopefully we're going to find more than just smokes,' Dante piped up. "'I'm pretty sure food is going to become an issue sooner rather than later.' Ace nodded, taking a thoughtful drag. "'Yeah, I barely had enough in the cupboard to keep me going for a week, let alone everybody else.' "'Looks like we're going to have to do a store run,' Lily said, clapping her hands together. Her cousin leaned back on one hand. "'We can hit the gas station up the road.' He said, pointing with his cigarette hand. There's about half a dozen houses nearby, too, that we can take from. What if there are people still there? she asked. Ace shook his head. Ain't nobody left, he drawled. Had to put a few of them down myself, and the rest of them just fled when the news started going south. Fled? she asked, furrowing her brow. To where? her cousin shrugged. Didn't I ask? Didn't care, he replied. This shit is everywhere, so the more people who get away from me, the better. Even so, Lily said slowly, I doubt there's going to be enough food to keep us all fed for very long. Just means we'll have to add a grocery store shop when we go into Beaufort today, Dante piped up, and the two cousins blinked at him in shock. I'm sorry. What? Ace asked, cigarette forgotten in his hand. Dante raised his chin. We're going to Beaufort today he repeated. We gotta get Bailey's family, and since we'll be in the neighborhood, we can save whoever is trapped in the TV station. Just doesn't feel right to leave someone to die when there's something we can do about it. The cousins shared a pointed look with each other. Ain't you been complaining how the men you met are lazy and good for nothing? Ace drawled, poking her in the shoulder. There you go, Lil. Man of action, right there. Ignoring him, She leaned forward on her knees, regarding the larger man to her left. "'I know you want to help,' she said softly. "'But what about those things?' "'We're just going to have to deal with them,' he replied firmly. "'While they're fast, and no doubt vicious, they're dumb, and we can use that to our advantage.' His eyes darkened. "'Plus, we need information about those goons on the island. Grace was taken by them, and if I'm going to get her back—' I need to know what I'm up against. Lily straightened. We, she corrected, putting a hand on his arm. You aren't doing anything alone out there. Ace patted his rifle lovingly. Damn straight, he added. And don't worry, I got a few toys that can help us out too. I appreciate it, Dante said sincerity in his eyes. The expression broke when he couldn't fight out a violent yawn, and he covered his mouth before composing himself. "'Unless I'm mistaken, didn't you say something about coffee?' Ace smacked his thighs and stood up, flicking his butt into the grass. "'You are absolutely right, Scarface,' he said, and pulled out his keys. "'Come on, let's head up to the gas station.' He locked the front door of the house and then snatched up his rifle, strolling down the driveway to the road. When he didn't hear footsteps behind him, he turned around and spread his arms. "'Well, come on now.' It's only about half a mile up. Walk will do us some good. Dante chuckled and nodded, motioning with a flourish for Lily to go first. She smirked as she got to her feet, planting her hands on her hips. You just want to check out my ass, don't you? she teased. Well, if you insist, he drawled, winking at her with his one eye. She laughed and grabbed his hand, pulling him off of the steps. They joined Ace and the trio headed up the road towards the gas station. It was empty of cars and, thankfully, of zombies. Birds chirped in the distance as if it were just a normal fall day. It was almost eerie. So, man, I don't think you ever said where you're from, Ace said, resting the barrel of his rifle on his shoulder. Dante cocked his head. Is it that obvious I'm not from around here? he asked. Yeah, just a bit. "'Ace agreed, holding up two fingers just a hair's breadth apart. "'I'm from Seattle,' Dante replied with a chuckle. "'Ace let out a low whistle. "'Seattle?' he repeated, shaking his head. "'Holy shit, there you go, Lil. "'You always said you wanted a big city boy.' "'She smirked. "'No, I said I wanted a big city boy,' she said. "'Ace wrinkled his nose, "'waving his hand back and forth in front of his face at the innuendo. Yeah, we ain't going there. The other two laughed at his discomfort and then Lily cocked her head. So, how did you end up down here? she asked. Seattle isn't exactly just around the corner. We were in town for a funeral, Dante explained with a sigh. Just so happened this hit while we were here. Probably a good thing too, because I can't imagine what's going on in a city that size. Silence descended on the trio as they contemplated the horror of that. Dante took a deep breath and then spotted the gas station about 70 yards ahead. Ace stopped and held up a hand, motioning for them to follow him as he knelt on the asphalt. He pointed to two zombies roaming around the parking lot, moving slowly and aimlessly without a target to focus on. He readied his rifle, adjusting the scope on the top and then took a breath, squeezing the trigger. The gun fired and a split second later a zombie's head exploded, the rest of it crumpling to the ground. The other ghoul whipped around, frantically searching for the source of the noise before spotting them. It let out a screech and sprinted towards them. Ace calmly chambered another round, taking aim and firing at forty yards. The running zombie didn't fare any better than its partner, its head blowing off with an impressive spray of blood and brain. "'Nice shooting,' Dante said, nodding appreciatively. Ace threw him a wink. Years of hunting combined with a father yelling at me for not being a good enough shot finally paying off, he said. Dante patted him on the back and they continued their walk towards the store. When they reached the doors, Ace drew a knife from his belt and handed it to Dante. He then raised his rifle like a baseball bat and nodded that he was ready. Lily threw open the door and then followed the trio as they burst inside. The trio spread out, quickly clearing the small space. Relieved to find it empty. The store had a few rows of goods, candy and snacks mostly, but there was a single shelf of non perishable items like canned soups and ramen noodles. In the back, there was a small grilling area that still had some charred food on the heated top. Ace hopped behind the counter as the others checked the meager offerings on the shelves. Well, this might feed the crew for a day or so, Lily lamented. Dante nodded with a sigh. Even if we rationed, we wouldn't be able to stretch it to the end of the week. Who wants an omelette? Ace exclaimed as he scraped the burnt food from the grill with a spatula. The others wandered over, confused, then spotted him kneeling down in front of a mini-fridge, full of eggs and other perishable ingredients, like cheese and cubed ham. Three egg-and-cheese omelettes? Ace asked, buzzing like a kid at Christmas. Who's in? Dante shrugged. Might as well he replied. "'Probably going to be a while "'before we can have another one.' "'Lil?' Ace asked, "'pointing at her with the egg carton. "'She nodded. "'Yeah, I'll have one.' "'She looked around, "'spotting the large coffee maker "'against the wall. "'I'll get us some coffee going too,' "'she said. "'What kind do you want?' "'Whatever sounds good to you,' "'Dante replied with a smile. "'As long as it's hot "'and full of cream, I'm good.' "'Ace clapped his hands.' He likes his coffee like I like my women, he cried. hey ooh. Lily rolled her eyes and headed for the coffee maker as her boisterous cousin cracked open eggs with flair, dropping them onto the hot plate and mixing in ingredients like a seasoned pro. Looks like you've done that before, Dante said, leaning against the counter and crossing his arms. Ace grinned and saluted him with the spatula. Worked at my uncle's restaurant through high school he explained. A few things stuck with me. Lucky for us, Dante replied. Coffee will be ready in five minutes or so, Lily said as she headed back over to them. Dante nodded at her gratefully, and then Ace inclined his head to him as he fussed over the omelettes. Okay, Scarface, he began. How are we doing this today? Figured we'd take your truck into Beaufort, Dante replied with a shrug, and get what we need to get, then hit the store on the way out. Lily nodded, leaning against the counter next to him. If things don't look too bad, we may want to check out the marine base, she suggested. It's on the north side of town. I suppose so, Ace replied, drawing out his words. If anybody is going to have their shit together, it's going to be those boys, Dante nodded. We can certainly do that, he agreed. So, who do we want to take with us? I love Cam and Philip to death, Lily said with a wince but I could kick both of their asses at the same time. Not sure they're going to be much use out there. Dante frowned. Same thing with Bailey, he admitted. Don't know what we're going to be running into out there, but she's going to be more of a liability than an asset in a fight. We can still put them to work, though, Ace cut in. Sooner or later some of those things might work their way through here, so we're going to want to get the house fortified. Lily nodded. It should be safe enough for them to clear this place out, too, she suggested. But not any of the houses, Dante added, putting up a hand. Could still have those zombies, or whatever they are, locked up in there. They don't need to be dealing with that. Ace barked a laugh. Holy shit, zombies? he asked incredulously. You got a better name for them? Dante challenged, raising his eyebrow. The shorter man pursed his lips for a moment in thought and then shook his head as he flipped the omelettes. Well, not really, he admitted. Guess that'll work. He checked the food and then snapped his fingers in victory before grabbing three plates and dishing up breakfast. All right, y'all, eat up. Looks like we got a long one ahead of us. The trio took the plates, savoring the fresh hot meal that was surely to be one of the last they'd be having for a long while. Chapter Two The trio headed down the street, bellies full from their big breakfast. They sipped at their large paper-to-go cups of coffee, Lily carrying a tray of three more for the others. As they approached the house, they spotted Bailey on the front steps, hugging her knees. When she saw them, she leapt up and ran over to them. Are you okay? Dante asked, when he noticed her red-rimmed eyes. She nodded jerkily, forcing a smile. Yeah, I am. She said shakily. Just had a bad dream, and when I woke up you guys were gone. I just freaked out a little. Guilt washed over him for having left without telling the others, and he put his arm around her to calm her down. She leaned into him, letting out a deep sigh of relief, and he gave her shoulder a reassuring squeeze as they headed back to the house. Are the others up? he asked. She nodded. Yeah. They were flipping through channels when I went outside, she said. Let's go see if they found anything good, he suggested, and they walked up the stairs and back inside. Cam and Philip were sprawled on the couch watching an old black-and-white gangster movie. They both looked up, eyes lighting up at the tray in Lily's hand. Ace glanced at the TV and then back to the guys. You boys know I have movies, don't you? he drawled. "'Just trying to enjoy the thrill of finding something while flipping through channels,' Philip replied with a shrug. Lily laughed and held out a cup of coffee to Bailey. "'Slim Pickens," I take it?' she asked, setting the tray with the other two on the coffee table. Cam held up the remote and started flicking through channels as Philip dove for one of the coffees. Virtually every one was either a blue screen or a static, please stand-by image. "'Guessing the news networks are out of commission?' Dante asked, letting go of Bailey to sit on the arm of the couch. Cam nodded. "'All of the cable ones are gone,' he explained. "'Which isn't surprising, since they're either in New York or L.A.' "'What about the local one?' Lily asked. He flipped it over, and the scrolling message at the bottom of the screen was still there, but was different. "'Day two. Still locked inside. Whatever those things are, several of them are in the control room. "'Please!' If anybody is out there, come get me. We'd better get to it, Dante said, taking a deep breath. You want to get our gear? Ace nodded, chugging the last of his coffee and vanishing into his bedroom. Bailey wrapped her arms around a cup, but didn't take a sip. Are we going to get my family? She asked, eyes hopeful. We are, but you're not, Dante replied gently. Her brow furrowed. But why? she asked. Because we need people who can fight, Lily cut in and glanced at the couch. Same goes for you two losers. The boys flipped her off in unison, but relaxed, used to her good-natured abuse. Bailey looked dejected, chewing her lip but nodded in agreement. Don't worry, Dante assured her. We'll get your family. You just need to show us where they are. He spotted a notebook laying on a shelf by the door and grabbed it along with a pen, holding it out to her. Can you draw us a map? Give us anything that might help? She nodded vigorously and took the supplies, plonking herself down on the couch and setting her cup on the coffee table. Hey, y'all come get your stuff, Ace called from the bedroom. Dante and Lily headed inside, where their host had stuck a crate on the bed. He cracked open the lid, revealing several weapons. There was a shotgun, a hunting rifle, and a few handguns. Several large knives and sheaths were piled up along the one side. It ain't much, but should give us a fighting chance when we run into these... Ace paused, wrinkling his nose. Zombies? Dante reached in and plucked out a handgun, an extra mag, and a knife. Lily snatched the shotgun, grinning. That's pretty big, Lil, her cousin teased. You think you can handle it? She glared at him and loaded up a few shells, forcefully cocking it. Ace playfully held up his palms in surrender. Dante picked through the rest of the crate, only spotting two extra handgun mags. You have any more of these hiding somewhere? he asked. Ace shook his head. That shit was expensive, man, he drawled. Decided to spend the money on more ammo so I could shoot more. Hard to argue with that logic. Dante admitted, and handed one of the mags over to the shorter man, pocketing the other one. Each of them attached a knife holster to their belts and then headed back out to the living room, where Bailey sat, clutching her finished map in her hands. Here you go, she said, standing up and holding the paper out to Dante. He stared at it, running his finger along her crude drawing. So, if I'm reading this right, he said, as he traced the lines. We get across this big bridge, and then head south, and it's what, a mile down or so before turning? Yeah, she replied, nodding as she sidled up next to him to point it out. It's the first main turn-off after the bridge, and it connects to my street. Lily regarded the paper from the other side. And the TV station? she asked. Oh, yeah, Bailey replied, and took the map out of Dante's hands, studying it for a moment before clicking the pen open and drawing a side road off of her street. She put a big X where the studio was. Just go up about three more blocks, and hang a right. You'll see it. She handed the map back over and then snapped her fingers. Oh, and one more thing. She headed over to the corner where she'd left her work vest after waking up and plucked her name tag off of it. My mother is a lot of things, but trusting isn't exactly one of them, she said as she headed back over and extended the tag to Dante. She might freak out when you come knocking, especially since my sisters are in there. Just show her this and she'll come around. He nodded, pocketing the tag. Don't worry, he said. We'll bring them back safe. She smiled thinly and then sat back down on the couch. So, what do you want us to do in the meantime? Cam piped up, taking a noisy sip from his cup. Ace jerked a thumb over his shoulder. I got some wood out back by the shed, he drawled. Find you some hammer and nails and start fortifying this place. "'You can also go up to the gas station "'and start clearing out anything that might be useful,' Lily added. "'Food, drinks, medicine, whatever you can find.' "'Dante held up a hand. "'Just don't go into any of the houses,' he said firmly. "'We'll clear them as a group once we get back.' "'Get a couple of gas cans, too, and fill them up,' Ace added. "'I got a generator out back for when the power goes out.' "'There was a long stretch of silence "'as the thought of having no power settled over each of them. "'The world was crumbling to the ground around them, "'and it was only a matter of time before the power was all gone. "'We'd better get moving,' Dante finally said. "'They headed outside, and the three travellers got into the large black pickup "'as the three staying stood on the porch to watch them go.' Lily sat in the middle, wriggling to get comfortable as Ace fired up the beastly vehicle. "'Hold on to your butts,' he declared, and peeled out of the driveway, fishtailing a bit as he squealed towards Beaufort.
1: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Chapter 3 Ace pulled the truck to a stop just shy of the Highway 170 bridge. The three of them looked out over the bridge spanning the massive inlet, trying to take it all in. The two-lane sides of the bridge had a large gap in between. To the left side was a massive pile-up, with a transfer truck jackknifed and several smaller vehicles pinned beneath it. Just behind that, several cars and trucks were in a massive pile-up, apparently unable to stop. Then the original wreck happened. Even though they were a hundred yards away from the cars, they could still see movement inside. Trapped zombies flailed at the glass, trying to escape their metal tombs. The right road was completely clear with the exception of a lone abandoned vehicle on the far side of the road. As they peered into the distance, there were a few zombies outside of the pileup, wandering around, emerging from behind the wreckage. "'You think there's anybody alive in there?' Lily asked. Dante shook his head. "'Looks like there was a violent crash.' he replied. If they did survive, I doubt we're going to have a way to get them out. Still, we'll have a look as we go by. Guess that's my cue, Ace said brightly, and hit the gas, though he drove at a far slower pace than he had been before. When they came up alongside the wreckage, he all but stopped the truck. A few of the zombies by the crash rushed towards them but hit the concrete barrier. One smacked into it with so much force that it toppled over, careening down to the water below. Ace barked a laugh. Ain't the brightest bulbs, are they? he asked. Be thankful for that, Dante replied dryly. Oh, I am, Ace assured him. That shit was just funny as hell. Lily smacked his arm and he groaned playfully as if it had hurt terribly. Come on, cuz, she said, motioning him forward. Let's get going. I don't see anybody alive in there. The trio sat silently as they moved up the road. "'pausing at the car on their side. "'There were bloody handprints on the driver's side windows, "'the back just completely smeared with gunk and gore. "'They peered closer and saw the passenger window wide open "'against the far side of the bridge, leaving the vehicle empty. "'Whoever was in there must have taken a swan dive,' Ace said, brow furrowing. "'Dante nodded. "'Let me tell you, that's a hell of a fall,' he said. "'Especially in these waters.' Ace agreed, nodding. May not look like it, but that current is strong. Unless he got lucky, he's now in the middle of the Atlantic. Lily shook her head. From the looks of things, he's in a better place than he was, she murmured. Her cousin hit the gas and continued up the road. When they approached the end of the bridge, Dante unfolded the map Bailey had drawn for them. Okay, according to this, he said as he traced his finger along their route, We need to take the highway coming up on the right. Ace nodded and made the turn. Yeah, this cuts through to the other bridge in a few miles, he said. Where am I turning? About a mile and a half up on the left, Dante replied, pointing. Sandy Cove Lane. Ace continued, looking intently out the window for the road so that he didn't miss it. The other two gazed around at the neighborhood. The side streets were full of signs of struggle although the outdoor zombie population was somewhat smaller than they'd expected, only a dozen or so over the course of three blocks. "'I would have thought there would be more,' he murmured. Lily shrugged. "'The marine base is up north, and there's a lot of shopping areas up there too,' she pointed out. "'These things like noise, and they're probably causing a hell of a ruckus up there.' "'Whatever it is, I'm all for it,' Ace declared, and finally found the target road, making his turn. "'Bailey said her house was a block down on the left,' Dante instructed, "'and they crept down along the row of houses, looking at each one. "'Some of them appeared to have been broken into by zombies, "'and there were a couple of corpses on the front lawns. "'Most of the cars in the driveways were gone, "'with one sitting in a driveway with the driver's side door open. "'There it is,' Dante said, pointing to a small brick house on the corner. "'The front door was closed tight,' and the car was still in the driveway. Ace idled for a moment as they looked for any signs that the house had been breached, and then put the truck into gear, driving on. What are you doing? Lily asked, blinking at him. I was just thinking, he drawled. We're going to have a tough enough time at the TV station without having to babysit. They look like they're just fine, so they can wait a little longer, don't you think? Lily glanced at Dante, and he nodded. Good point, he agreed, and inclined his head forward, three blocks up on the right. Ace paused at the last intersection before the station so they could scope it out. There were four ghouls in the parking lot, mostly by the back door. Any ideas, Scarface? he asked, leaning his head against the headrest. Or you just want me to start picking them off? Dante pursed his lips for a moment, contemplating. We need to limit gunshots, he reminded them because the last thing we want to do is draw a crowd. You got a crowbar? he asked. Ace reached behind the front seat into the tiny space between the seats and the back. He pulled out a large crowbar and handed it across to Lily. What you planning on doing with that? he asked. Dante just smiled and opened the door, jumping down. He moved to the bed and clambered up into the bed of the truck. As he did that, Ace grinned as it dawned on him what his plan was and he reached back to slide open the small window panel behind him. You hang on tight, he instructed. I'll do my best not to fling you out when I spin it around. That would be appreciated, Dante replied, taking a knee. He hooked his arm into the window, holding on as Ace hit the gas. The truck sped towards the TV station, squealing into the parking lot. He cut the wheel hard doing a 180 as the tires shrieked across the pavement. The noise attracted all four zombies by the door. They rushed towards the truck, smacking into the side of it. Thanks to the lift kit, they struggled to reach over the side. Dante stood up and casually walked to the edge of the bed, looking down at the four ghouls trying to grab at him. They were a mix of ages from twenty to sixty, all with various wounds marring their bodies. He took a deep breath, reminding himself that they weren't people anymore. He swung down hard, cracking a skull and built up his momentum. In a manner of seconds, his assault was over. A quick game of whack-a-mole complete with carnage. Four corpses lay on the ground, and he stared at them for a tense moment to make sure they were truly dead and not about to get back up again. We're good, he finally said, turning back to the window. He climbed down as the others got out of the truck, walking around to survey the pile of bodies. Ace let out a low whistle. You got a mean swing, brother, he drawled. If it's all right, Dante said, holding up the crowbar, I'm going to hang on to this. The shorter man grinned. Consider it yours, he said. Dante nodded and headed for the door. He paused in front of it as they clustered around and turned to his companions. Melee as much as you can, he said quietly. The building is going to muffle the sound somewhat, but with our luck there'll be a mob within earshot. Ace and I will go in first. Once we're through, I'll need you to secure the door. He put up a hand as Lily began to protest. I know you're capable, he assured her, but we don't know what we're up against in there. If we start getting overrun, Ace and I are going to have an easier chance of holding them at bay while you get the door open. That's all. He held up his palms and she nodded begrudgingly. I'm ready when you are, she said firmly. Dante and Ace got into position to storm the building as she put her hand on the door. She did a quiet countdown and then jerked it open, allowing the boys to rush inside. She slammed it shut behind them and threw the deadbolt, waiting with her hand on it, just in case they had to make a hasty exit. The entry hallway looked like a battle zone, blood coating everything. As soon as the trio stepped forward, a zombie about 15 yards away at the far end turned and rushed towards them. Dante lashed forward, holding up the crowbar with the pointy tip outwards. When the ghoul came within range, he shoved it forward, combining the creature's momentum with his own force, driving the metal right into the bridge of its nose. The corpse crumpled to the ground, and Dante shook its face loose from his weapon, quickly raising it again, just in case something else was nearby. All was quiet, and he motioned for his companions to join him. The trio moved cautiously towards the door at the end of the hall. They looked through the small window into the newsroom. Four zombies stood off to the right, and somewhere out of sight there was a chorus of banging on the far side. As they scanned, they spotted a zombie off to the left standing in front of another door, all by itself. I can take out that one on the left, Ace murmured. You just cover me in case the others see. Dante nodded and quietly opened the door. He and Lily knelt down next to it, staying out of sight in the darkness, with most of the light focused on the news set. Ace drew his hunting knife and crept along the shadows as he approached the lone zombie. It stood there, virtually motionless, staring at the door as if it had given up trying to get in. Ace reached striking distance, studying the ghoul to make sure it hadn't seen him. He readied his knife before stepping out of the shadows, darting forward silently. He closed the five-yard gap, managing to plant the blade in the back of the monster's skull before it even knew he was there. He did his best to catch it as it fell, but the corpse was a little too heavy falling into the door. Its head smacked against the wood with a light thud, but thankfully not causing enough of a sound to alert the ghouls on the other side of the room. It was, however, loud enough to draw the attention Of a zombie on the other side of the door. Ace jumped back, startled by the sound of a ghoul smacking into the door, moaning and scratching against it in hungry fury. He was frozen for a moment, but then looked back frantically, seeing the other four zombies turning to rush him. Fucking hell, he breathed, and when they were halfway across the room, he broke to the left and raced towards the news desk. He managed to dart behind it, grabbing one of the padded, swivelling chairs and tossing it back hard enough to knock one ghoul to the ground. The other three bunched up, tearing for him. He quickly grabbed the other chair and held it out in front of him to brace himself. He cracked one ghoul in the ribs with the wheels before flattening his back against the wall for extra support to hold them at bay. The ghouls pushed against it, but he managed to stack them up safely behind the flimsy barrier. Dante appeared then, immediately swinging. He cracked one creature in the back of the head, dropping it, and the sound made a second zombie whip around. He stabbed it in the face as it turned to him, and then Ace used the distraction to slam the knife into the skull of the third ghoul. A gunshot went off, and the two men startled, turning to stare open-mouthed at Lily, who stood in the middle of the newsroom, lowering her handgun. What the hell you do that for? Ace demanded. "'setting down his chair barrier. "'She didn't respond, just pointed to their left. "'Both men looked over to see the fourth zombie "'only a few yards away from Dante, "'its arms outstretched even as it lay on the floor dead. "'His breath hitched, realizing he'd almost been blindsided. "'Thank you,' he said sincerely, turning to her. "'Anytime,' she replied with a shrug. "'Dante nodded and then turned back to Ace.' What the hell caused them to rush you like that? he asked. Something is behind that door and really wants to get out, the shorter man explained, pointing back to the door in question. Lily shook her head. It can keep wanting, she declared, because I'm not going near it. Come on, let's go see if our new friend is still alive and kicking, Dante said, and led the trio across the newsroom to the control room door. It was slick with bloody splotches from the ghouls bashing at it. He stepped aside and motioned for Ace to knock and the redneck gave an excited shave and a haircut rap on the wood. Kind of predictable, don't you think? Lily asked, raising an eyebrow. Her cousin shrugged. Just paying respect to the classics. A few moments later, the door unlatched and a dark-haired woman opened it. Hi there, she said as casually as if they weren't in the middle of an apocalypse. I'm guessing you saw my message? Nah, we're just looters who have a hard-on for high-end camera equipment, Ace drawled with a smirk. Lily smacked him on the arm, rolling her eyes. Ignore him, she said. His favourite snack as a kid was lead paint chips. The girl chuckled and slipped through the door, quickly shutting it behind her. Ace's brow furrowed. That wasn't suspicious at all he said, cocking his head. You were hiding something in there? Nothing you would want to see, she replied sharply. He crossed his arms. Oh, really? He stepped past her and opened the door, a putrid stench immediately hitting him in the face. He gagged and slammed the door shut, gasping for air. What the fuck is that? I've been locked in that room for thirty hours without air conditioning, she replied. Crossing her arms. Or a bathroom. Ace held up his hands in surrender. Yep, that's it, he choked out. You got a name? Dante asked. Katie McClure, she replied. He nodded. Okay, Katie McClure, he said, and put a hand to his chest. I'm Dante, and this is Lily and Ace. She nodded, regarding everyone, and he watched her glance quickly over his face before focusing on his good eye. I can't thank you enough for risking your lives to come rescue me, she said. It's our pleasure, he assured her. Just didn't feel right knowing someone was in danger and not doing anything about it, even if it meant risking our well-being. She took a deep breath. So, is it bad out there? she asked. She spreading faster than STDs at an unregulated strip club, Ace said, and his cousin looked at the ceiling, shaking her head at his example. Yeah, it's pretty bad out there, she added. Katie pursed her lips for a moment and clasped her hands in front of her. I hope this doesn't come off as a callous transition, she said slowly. But do you happen to have any food or water? There was a strict no-food policy in the control room, so my stomach is rumbling, to say the least. We kind of neglected to bring anything with us, Lily said with a wince. Not that we had a whole lot going around to begin with. Katie nodded in understanding. No worries, she replied. The break room over there was set up for a party before, well... Food should still be good, though, as it was in the fridge. Where is the break room? Dante asked, looking around. She pointed to the door that Ace had declared a zombie on the other side, and he grimaced. I'm afraid one of those things is in there, he said apologetically. Wait, wait, you said... Party? Ace piped up before anyone else could react. Is there cake? Katie nodded. I bought ice cream cake, she said. Ace turned to Dante, pressing his palms together, eyes wide and pleading. Come on, man, he whined. It is probably the last chance we'll ever have to eat one of these. And besides, we could use the practice going through doors. The bigger man chuckled and shook his head before looking around the newsroom. He focused on a giant camera and headed over, pulling the cables off of it. If we're going to do this, he declared, we're going to do it safely. Yes! Ace hissed, fist pumping the air, and trotted over to follow Dante as he rolled the camera towards the door. He adjusted the stand so that it was as low as it could go, resting about waist high. He placed it in the middle of the doorway, and the beastly machine was large and wide enough to cover the majority of the opening. Lily, if you'd do the honours, Dante invited, getting a good grip on the camera. She nodded and turned the knob, pushing the door open before leaping back out of the way. The lone zombie inside immediately rushed them, and Dante shoved the camera forward, holding it at bay with the giant lens. Ace lunged forward, lashing his arm over the threshold to stab the ghoul in the face. Dante nodded and pulled the camera back, letting the corpse fall to the floor. He grabbed it by the collar and dragged it out of the way, then motioned for the others to enter the break room with a flourish. Looks like it's party time, he said. Katie entered first, looking around the break room that was a huge mess. The corner had a giant pool of blood where it appeared the zombie had bled out as a human after being bitten, escaping the newsroom carnage. She raised her chin and headed for the fridge. Opening the door and pulling out trays of snacks, bottles of soft drinks, and finally, the ice cream cake from the freezer, setting it all on the table. She removed the plastic coverings and then sat down before grabbing a handful of pasta salad and shoving it in her mouth like an animal. The trio stared at her, stuffing her face for a few moments, amusement on their faces, before she finally noticed and swallowed a mouthful, face going red. Sorry. I was just. She trailed off helplessly. Lily shook her head, taking a seat next to her. Honey, you should see these two, she drawled. You never apologize to them or me. Katie gave her a relieved smile and continued to eat, albeit slower than before. The others joined the table and started dishing up food for themselves. So, what is it that you do here at the station? Dante asked as he grabbed a few mystery meat triangle sandwiches. She swallowed her current mouthful and inclined her head to him. Little bit of everything, really, she replied. Sometimes work the teleprompter, sometimes in charge of party planning. But mostly I was our field reporter coordinator. What's that? Lily asked as she scooped some potato salad onto a plate. Katie took a sip of cola. I was in charge of setting up interviews and basic facts of a story, so that our reporter knew exactly what was going on, she explained. Did you ever do a story on Theo Atkinson? Dante asked, leaning forward. She nodded, swallowing another mouthful of food. Of QXR Group? Oh yeah, she replied. He was quite the target in recent months with the controversy up at the Marine base. Controversy? Lily asked, raising an eyebrow. What was going on? Katie shook her head. Some of the military brass wasn't happy with the QXR group being given space on the base, she explained. A couple, like the base commander general, Whitley, was particularly vocal about it. Must have been a big deal if the base commander was making a public stink about it, Ace put in, his chin already covered in ice cream. That kind of shit can get you removed from your post, Katie shook her head again. He was an anonymous source feeding his information about how someone higher up the food chain okayed the move, she said. He never went on camera or on the record, but the general and I spoke quite often about it. He was hoping to raise enough public awareness about it that the pressure would get them removed from base. What were they even doing there anyway? Lily wondered. Katie wrinkled her nose. Officially? They were there to help train the marines in hostile suburban combat scenarios. "'She said dryly. "'Unofficially. "'They were using the base as a launching pad for covert operations, "'or at least that's what the rumour was. "'I can see what that would be controversial and put a general on edge,' "'Ace agreed through a mouthful of cold dessert. "'Dante chewed thoughtfully and then set down his sandwich. "'So I'm guessing they're well-trained?' "'Oh, without a doubt,' Katie replied, "'chasing her pasta with more cola.' They not only recruited from our military, but from special ops around the world. These guys are some of the best in their field, and commanded top dollar, which was what Theo Atkinson was happy to pay. Dante leaned his arms on the table. How big is their force? he asked. They had a thousand men stationed there, Katie replied. She furrowed her brow as the others all shared concerned glances and motioned around at them with a fork. But why all these questions about Theo Atkinson? Dante let out a sigh. Because his men took over Hilton Head Island, he said. Katie stopped chewing, blinking at him rapidly. She almost choked as she swallowed her mouthful, shaking her head. I'm sorry, she croaked. Did you just say they took over Hilton Head? Took it over, Dante confirmed, nodding. They're executing people they think are infected with the virus causing all this. And, he lowered his gaze, kidnapping. Lily spoke up. They took his sister yesterday. Katie set down her fork, shaking her head. Unbelievable, she breathed, putting a hand to her forehead. They're executing civilians? If they're that brazen, then it doesn't bode well for anyone, or the world as a whole. She lowered her arms and picked up a cola, swirling it for a moment before regarding Dante. You said virus, that's causing this? What did you mean by that? One of the people with us was sick, he explained. They demanded to know her blood type, and when she said A-positive, they shot her down like a dog. A blood type? Katie mused thoughtfully. A blood type? And you said she was sick? Dante nodded, raising an eyebrow in question. Yeah, flu-like symptoms. She took out a phone and started flipping through screens. Whoa! Ace said between scooping more ice cream into his mouth. Didn't realize that the phone service was still up and running. Katie shook her head. It's not. However, my notes from upcoming stories are on here and... She said and then straightened up. Bingo! Two days ago, one of my contacts at the hospital said they were getting a huge influx of people with a mysterious virus showing up to the ER. The doctors were dismissing it as the flu, but my contact wasn't convinced. We were preparing to do a story on it later this week, but it turns out we don't need to. She chewed her lip as she scrolled through her notes, and then her eyes widened. Holy shit. What is it? Dante asked, leaning forward. My source at the hospital said that every patient had the same blood type, she replied. Which is what made her think this wasn't the flu. Ace pointed a spoon at her. Let me guess. A positive he asked. She shook her head, swallowing hard. All A-type blood, she said, which, if true, explains why this stuff got completely out of control seemingly overnight. I don't follow, Ace admitted. Roughly 40% of the population has A-type blood, Katie explained. If most or all of them are affected by whatever this virus is, It would mean, between that and the bites being infectious, that in the span of a day, we pretty much became outnumbered by zombies. Dante finished. She raised an eyebrow. Zombies? Yeah, it's crazy. Lily cut in, waving her off. But just roll with it. Katie nodded slowly. Okay, then. So, what's our next move? Ace asked, serving himself up a third slice of ice cream cake. I say we get Bailey's family, Dante put in. Pick up some food and get back home. His brow furrowed and he turned to Katie. I'm sorry. Do we need to go by your place? Anybody there we need to get? She shook her head. No, I'm all alone down here, she replied. However, based on what you've told me about what QXR is doing on Hilton Head, we should go to the Marine base. If General Whitley finds out what they're doing, he'll put a quick end to it. Dante glanced at Ace and then nodded, laying his hands flat on the table. ''Okay, new plan,'' he said. ''We're going to go get Bailey's family. Lily, I'm going to have you escort them back to Ace's while we go to the base.'' She jutted out her chin, eyes narrowing, but he held up a hand before she could argue. ''And I'm having you do this because I know you'll get them safely back to Bailey without scarring them for life with an inappropriate story from your wild youth.'' He gave Ace the side-eye, and the redneck raised an eyebrow as he stuffed his fourth piece of ice-cream cake into his mouth. What? he asked, through a mouthful, a stream of chocolate melting out of the corner of his mouth. Lily laughed and shook her head. Okay, I'll buy that, she finally said, and then pointed a finger at Dante. But this is the last pass you're getting on that mister. He smiled and got to his feet. The rest followed suit. Ace snatched up a handful of napkins and cleaned his face, smacking his lips and patting his belly as they headed back out into the newsroom. "'Sorry, I have to do one more thing before we go,' Katie said, and rushed back into the control room. A few moments later she emerged coughing under her breath at the stench. "'What was that all about?' Ace asked as he checked his rifle. Katie pointed to the TV monitor to their left that showed the live feed, Along the bottom, the scrolling message read, I've been saved. People with A-type blood and bites are infectious. Take caution and good luck. Good call, Dante said with a nod. Katie shrugged. I have them every now and then, she quipped. Come on, let's get going. Chapter 4 A stopped the truck a block from Bailey's house, which now had a couple of zombies clustered by the front door. Shit, man, he breathed. They must have heard us rumble by and ran up there. Dante lifted the crowbar and wiggled it. Let's clear them out then, he said, and opened the door to clamber up into the back. Katie furrowed her brow, but moved over a little, enjoying not being so squished in the seats. Don't worry, this works like a charm, Lily assured her as Ace hit the gas. He rolled up to the house and reversed into the driveway, just like the TV station lot. The ghouls rushed over and Dante put them down with well-placed strikes to the head. As soon as they crumpled to the ground, he hopped down and walked over to the passenger's side. Why don't you stay in the truck? He asked as Katie opened the door. He held out the crowbar and Lily reached across to take it. Might go a little easier in coaxing them out. They nodded and he shut the door, heading up to the house. He approached slowly and then knocked as gently as he could on the front door. Hello, he called. Is anybody home? I don't know who you are, but I got a gun, and I swear to Christ I'll blow your dick off, a shrill voice shrieked from inside. Dante blinked, shaking his head at how specific the threat had been. He put his hands up just in case she was watching him from a window or through the peephole. Ma'am? he said gently. Your daughter Bailey sent us to get you and her sisters. Bullshit, the woman barked. You're just trying to get in here. Dante shook his head. I have proof. I just need to reach into my pocket, he called. I'm going to move slowly. True to his word, he reached down as slowly as he could and pulled out the name tag, holding it up to the peephole. Ma'am, Bailey is safe, and she wants you to be safe too which is why she sent us. There was a moment of silence, and then the deadbolt clicked. A woman in her forties with deep bags under her eyes opened it. A shotgun gripped in her hands. Where did you get my angel's name tag? she demanded. Dante held it out. She gave it to me before we came out to get you, he explained. Said you would recognize it. She took it, the shotgun falling to the floor as she ran her fingers over the raised lettering. I didn't think I'd see my baby again, she said, voice thick. You're not lying to me, are you? She looked at him with wide, watery eyes. She really is safe? Yes, and we're going to take you to her, Dante replied firmly. The woman swallowed hard and then turned back into the house. Hazel! Violet! she yelled. We're going! A moment later... Two young girls no older than ten appeared, each holding a small backpack. Lily jumped down from the truck, heading over slowly. Ma'am, this is Lily, Dante said gently. She's going to be taking you to Bailey. Lily smiled and gave a little wave. Do you have a car? The woman nodded, pointing to the minivan in the driveway. It's a little bit of a rough ride, but it'll get us there, she said hoarsely. If you like... I can drive so you can attend to the girls, Lily offered. The woman nodded and stepped inside to grab her keys off of the wall, handing them over to her new companion. Scarface! Ace yelled from the driver's side window, and Dante turned to see two zombies tearing towards them from the house next door. He didn't hesitate, full reflex kicking in, and jumped forward so he was in their direct path as he drew his knife. The ghouls were eight yards apart with one running faster than the other. He stood his ground waiting on the first one to arrive. Just before it did, a shot rang out, clipping it in the head to drop it. A few seconds later, another went off, hitting the other ghoul between the eyes and sending it to the grass, right beside the other one. Dante turned and appraised Lily, who playfully blew on the end of her handgun barrel. See, this is what you're missing by not bringing me along, she teased with a smirk. He laughed, duly noted. He promised, Now, you should get a move on before more of these things show up. He took a deep breath. And Lily? She cocked her head. Yes, Dante? She asked playfully. Be careful, he said. You've still got a lot more to show me. She winked at him. You know, somebody with a dirty mind might take that statement in a way you didn't mean. She purred and then trilled a laugh as he blushed. Once the girls pulled out of the driveway in the van, Dante got into the truck and closed the door. ''I see you flirting with my cousin,'' Ace quipped with a smirk. Dante didn't respond to that, simply shrugging his shoulders. ''Come on, let's get moving,'' he urged. Ace followed the van back out to the highway and then made the turn towards the base. Dante watched Lily drive over the bridge until she vanished on the horizon. ''Okay,'' So where is this base at? Ace asked, inclining his head to Katie, who sat between them. She motioned as she spoke. It's about four miles up the highway, then a left on the 21, she explained. Straight shot from there. Let's get this over with then, he drawled, but couldn't speed up to accentuate his point due to the cars and zombies on the road. It wasn't anything too major, the debris and bodies spread out fairly well, but he didn't want to smack anything while going too fast and end up stuck. About half a mile from the bridge, Dante spotted a grocery store on the left side of the road. There were a dozen or so zombies in the parking lot milling about, with several more banging on one of the small shop windows. Looks like a stop on the way out of town, he said. Katie chewed her bottom lip. There's a lot of those things there, she said. Ah, don't worry, hun, Ace said. We can handle it. Dante nodded in agreement. And we don't really have a choice, he added, unless starving seems like a viable option to you. Katie nodded, though her gaze seemed far away as she contemplated just how difficult of a situation they were in. Dante scanned the neighbourhoods as they continued up the highway, inspecting shopping areas as they went. Zombies were everywhere. There were no massive hordes, but packs easily as large as twenty or twenty-five running around. Signs of struggles were rampant. Car wrecks, homes with busted windows and wide-open front doors, and bloodstains all over the sidewalks missing the bodies that usually would come with them. How could this happen? Katie moaned, pressing her hands to her temples. Dante shook his head. Don't know, he admitted. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. How can you say that? she gasped, gaping at him. He sighed. "'Because, even if we knew what was causing this, "'we aren't in a position to do anything about it,' he explained. "'The only thing I care about is how we survive this.' "'She swallowed hard, and then lowered her hands, "'nodding in silent agreement. "'Ace pulled up at the Highway 21 intersection. "'They looked around, and the immediate area was eerily deserted. "'The only signs that something had happened recently "'was a pile-up to their right.' with about twenty corpses scattered across the road. "'Looks like your marine buddies paid a visit to these assholes,' Ace said. "'Or QXR,' Dante murmured. The other two paused with concern as the realisation settled over him that he could be right. But there was no point in dwelling on the implications of that. "'Hang a left,' Katie said, letting out a deep breath. "'The base is a couple miles up on the right.' Ace hit the gas and they started the final stretch to the base. The side of the road was littered with zombie corpses. As they crested a hill, the base loomed in the distance, and Katie smacked the dashboard. Stop! she barked. Ace slammed on the brakes, startled by her outburst. What the hell? he demanded. There's a side road just up ahead on the right, she said, motioning. Turn down it. Why? he asked. She sighed. "'Because there's a delivery entrance near the back of the base "'that's right beside the general's office,' she explained, "'the words tumbling out of her mouth quickly. "'You're concerned about the QXR, aren't you?' Dante asked gently. "'She nodded. "'Based on what you've told me,' she replied, "'I think we all should be.' "'Ace, hang a right,' Dante said. "'And the redneck did as he was asked, "'turning down the small access road running alongside the base.' On the left, they peered through the chain-link fence, but didn't see any movement of any kind. I'm not a military expert or anything, Ace drawled. But shouldn't there be some people or something? Katie clasped her hands in her lap tightly. Yeah, there should, she murmured. Lots of them, actually. Dante didn't say anything. Simply pulled out his handgun and checked the ammo, making sure there was a round chambered. Katie furrowed her brow in concern, looking at the gun and then glancing at him. But he avoided her gaze, and she didn't press the issue. As they continued along the fence, A stopped just outside of the side gate. There was an opening large enough for a transfer truck to drive through, with the only thing blocking the road being a large metal crossbar stretching across. They sat there, idling for several moments, waiting on someone to come out to greet them. But nobody did. This isn't right, Katie said, her knuckles white. Ace shook his head. Where are the guards? he asked. Shouldn't there be guards? If we did this on a random Tuesday afternoon, we'd have four people with machine guns staring us down, she said. With everything that's going on, how is nobody here? How far up is the General's office? Dante asked. She pried her hands apart and pointed to a building about fifty yards up on the right. It was a two-story building, small and standing alone from everything else. That small one on the right, she said. His office is on the second floor, overlooking the base. Dante nodded. Ace, pull this thing to the side of the road, he instructed. That fence isn't going to provide much cover, but it won't be standing out like a sore thumb, either. We're going on foot? the redneck asked. Dante took a deep breath. I don't like the way this looks, he admitted and we need to keep a low profile. Ace nodded and backed the truck up, parking it on the road. The three of them got out of the vehicle and stood together on the shoulder, listening and hearing nothing. Just silence, Katie whispered. Ace shrugged. Look at the bright side, he drawled. At least we aren't hearing those moans and thundering footsteps heading our way. Thank God for small miracles, she muttered. Come on, Dante said. Stay close and quiet. He led them to the entrance and they slipped under the metal bar. There was a building just to their left and they jogged over to it. Dante pressed himself against the wall, inching up towards the corner so he could look out over the base. As he peeked around, he pursed his lips at the sight of the vast, empty space. The centre portion was nothing but asphalt, with a string of buildings and hangars on the far side. More buildings running down the line from where they were hiding. He pulled back and turned to Katie. Is this the only portion of the base? He asked. She shook her head. No, there's a huge airstrip about half a mile long on the other side of those buildings, she replied. There are more buildings out that way? He asked. She nodded. Some hangars and barracks? Ace slipped by Dante and peered out, and then popped back, shrugging. If there is anybody here, that's probably where they're at, he suggested. Maybe we should head that way? I wouldn't, Katie replied. Why not? Ace asked. She crossed her arms. Because that's where QXR was stationed. Fuck me sideways, man, Ace growled. Are you telling me that if somebody is here, that it's the assholes killing everybody? Dante held up a hand. Let's not give up hope yet, he said. Come on, let's pay the general a visit. He led the way across the open area quickly to the small outbuilding. They stood by the door, and he listened closely for a sound inside. Hearing nothing, he held a finger to his lips and spoke quietly. Follow me in. Stay close to the door in case there's company, he whispered. If things get bad, make a run for the truck. The other two nodded as he took a deep breath, steadying himself before turning the knob. He inched the door open slowly, hoping to catch a glimpse of danger if it were to come at him, as he pushed it wider. There was no movement inside whatsoever. By the time it was halfway open, he simply flung it the rest of the way, bathing the interior of the room in sunlight. The trio stood in the doorway, looking over an office area that looked frozen in time. There were a dozen or so desks spread out in the room that looked like they hadn't been disturbed at all. Computers were still functioning, stuck on whatever report that was being worked on. Papers remained stacked and some cups of now cold coffee sat on coasters. They filed inside, and Katie shut the door behind them as they fanned out around the room. Everybody else is getting turned into zombies, and these people just got straight raptured. Ace drawled as they moved. The fuck is going on? Dante leaned over a nearby desk, inspecting the computer monitor. The report on the screen had directions to Edisto Beach. Where is Edistow Beach? he asked. Ace scratched the back of his head. Edistow? he asked. Never heard of it. It's about an hour's drive north of here, Katie replied, approaching the desk. Tiny community, pretty isolated from everything else. The redneck raised an eyebrow. How in the hell do you know that? he asked. They did a big art show a couple months back that my station covered, she explained. Well... Big for the town, that is. Ace shook his head. Must have been a slow news day, he quipped. You're not kidding, Katie replied. Drove an hour just to see twelve booths with collections of lighthouse paintings. Dante continued reading the notes on the computer. Begin troop deployments immediately, he read. And then noticed the timestamp stamp of 3.42am. If it's as small as you say, he piped up. Then why would the military be ordered to deploy there at 3.42 in the morning? Ace joined Katie, and the two looked over the report, just as confused as he was. Maybe they knew of an outbreak and were ordered to beat it down? Ace suggested. Katie shook her head as she read the memo header, noting that it was from the office of General Adams, head of the Joint Chiefs. If that's the case, then why is it coming directly from General Adams up in D.C.? she asked. Unless he was personally vacationing there at the time, I doubt that he knew of anything going on there. Then what the hell is it? Ace wondered. Dante stood up straight. Maybe there's something in the general's office that can fill us in, he suggested. The trio got moving, finding the stairs to work their way up to the second floor. Just like the ground floor, it looked like everyone inside had simply vanished. The offices were empty and abandoned and there were no signs of struggle, however most of the doors were wide open. Where is the office? Dante asked. Katie pointed, last one on the left. They moved down the hall and he stopped for a beat in front of the general's office, where the door was closed. He inclined his head to Ace, who readied his knife just in case. Dante pushed the large wooden door open, and the three of them froze at the sight. Katie gagged and turned away from the sight of General Whitley. Sitting back in his chair, the window behind him cracked from a bullet exiting his brain. Dante approached the dead man, shaking his head. He spotted a handgun on the floor and picked it up, shoving it into the back waistband of his pants. That's not exactly an uplifting sign there, Ace muttered, sheathing his knife. He glanced at Katie, still with her back turned, covering her mouth, face pale. He glanced at the coat rack in the corner and snatched a jacket off of it. "'holding it out to Dante. "'Hey, would you do the honors?" he asked. "'Dante looked back at Katie's quivering shoulders, "'and he took the jacket, covering up the dead general, "'and then rolling the chair over to the far corner of the office. "'After a beat, she straightened, "'composing herself before turning around and approaching the desk. "'Sorry,' she said hoarsely. "'Bad enough to see this. "'Worse when it's somebody I know,' Dante nodded. No apologies necessary, he assured her. Ace leaned over the desk that was strewn with papers and picked up a folder, flipping through it to try to find something useful. Dante started scrolling through the report still open on the computer screen, finding his way back to the main email menu. He found one report labelled Evacuation Point Top Priority, with a timestamp of 3.38am. He clicked on it and started reading. Might have something here, he said. This came in a few minutes before the Odesto Beach one, also from the office of General Adams. He scanned the document before clearing his throat. Okay, it's short and to the point. There is an unprecedented event happening, one that threatens the stability of the nation as a whole. In response, all base commanders are to prepare for an immediate evacuation. There will be an exception in rare cases, and if this impacts your base, you will receive a follow-up immediately after this. He scanned further down a little more, muttering to himself until he found the next important bit. Anyone with A-type blood needs to be immediately quarantined. This is to be done without exception. Explanation will follow shortly. Are you fucking serious right now? Ace cried, slamming the folder he'd been holding down on the table. ''The military just up and abandoned us? What the fuck, man?'' Dante shook his head. ''Looks like we're on our own,'' he murmured. Katie swallowed hard, and an envelope on the desk caught her eye. She picked it up and realised the label was in Whitley's handwriting. ''General Whitley. Final words,'' it said, and her breath hitched as she opened the envelope, pulling out a single sheet of paper. Her eyes widened as she started reading and then Ace cleared his throat. "'You going to share with the rest of the class?' he asked. She blinked at him and then nodded when it registered what he was asking. "'It's General Whitley's suicide note,' she explained. "'I'll start from the top.' She took a deep breath. "'To the survivors. "'It pains me to write this as it feels like I have betrayed my oath to protect this nation. "'In the face of grave danger.' My final official act as commander of this base was to order the evacuation of every healthy soldier under my command. Instead of rushing headlong into battle to protect innocent life, we are retreating, leaving those who need us most to fend for themselves in this time of grave danger. She paused, putting a hand to her chest as she continued. While I am not privy to the rationale behind this decision, my only solace is knowing that I won't have to live with the knowledge of this betrayal long. I don't know how, but I have become infected with the virus that threatens our nation, our way of life, which leaves me only one option. May God forgive me for what I have done, and what I am about to do. Signed, General Whitley. The room was silent, soaking in the words and implications of the letter. The military had abandoned them. The situation really was dire. God damn... That is a rough way to go, Ace groaned. Dante cocked his head. Single shot to the head, he asked. Seems like it would be pretty quick and painless. No, I mean knowing what he knew before pulling the trigger, Ace amended, waving his hands in front of his face. It's one thing to just keel over after being sick. It's another thing entirely to know you're on the clock and that the timer is almost zero. Dante nodded. And Katie stared at the letter for another moment before setting it back down on the table, her hand shaking. So, what do we do now? Ace asked with a sigh. Dante held up a hand. First things first, we gotta get the hell out of here, he said. The military might be gone, but QXR might still be here. I was talking about long-term planning, Ace admitted. But I like your idea better. Oh shit, Katie breathed looking out the window, and the boys turned just in time to see a single military jeep coming up the main path towards the building. Ace groaned. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that's QXR and not a welcoming committee, he said. Stay calm, Dante said. Maybe they're just on patrol. They don't know we're here. The trio stood tense as they watched the vehicle driving by each of the buildings to their left, slowly and scanning for God knew what. Fuck my life, man, Ace groaned as the jeep parked in front of the building they were in. Just fuck, fuck, fuck. Dante turned away from the window. We got this. They're fucking mercenaries, man, Ace cried. We should hide. Katie raised a hand. I agree, she said. ''If we don't fight our way out of here, we may never leave,'' Dante countered, shaking his head. ''I really think we should hide,'' Ace replied, though his voice was less forceful. Katie took a deep breath. ''Why don't we do both?'' she asked. ''We'll hide in here and fight if we need to. Maybe they're just going to peek in and keep moving.'' They stared down at the vehicle and watched three mercenaries get out. The men took a moment to stretch and appeared to be talking between themselves. ''Okay, we're going with Katie's plan,'' Dante said, and pulled out the handgun he'd taken from the floor, checking to make sure there was still ammo in it. ''You know how to use one of these?'' he asked, holding the gun out to Katie. She shook her head. ''Not really.'' ''Then here's hoping we're just being overly cautious,'' he replied. ''I want you to keep this out of sight until you absolutely need it, understand?'' She reluctantly took the weapon, turning it over in her hand. So, what's the plan? Ace asked, putting his hands on his hips. Dante pursed his lips as he gazed back out the window at the trio approaching the building. Looks like you get to hide after all, he said. Chapter 5 Katie stood nervously in front of General Whitley's desk looking directly at the door. Her hands were on the desk just a few inches from the handgun that was positioned behind her. She strained her ears as the voices downstairs laughed and carried on, the sounds of glass shattering in between. They're breaking stuff, she thought, imagining a couple of boisterous guys tossing computer monitors around the office. Maybe this isn't an official patrol, just some guys blowing off steam. We might be okay. Her wishful thinking vanished as she heard the echoes of footsteps in the stairwell at the end of the hall. In the empty building, the sound easily carried. The voices got louder as they opened the door, heading up the hall. Katie tensed. Every muscle in her body on edge. She knew they'd be found. She clenched her jaw as they came down the hall, footsteps getting louder and louder. Occasionally, there was a boom of a door being kicked in as they checked the offices along the way. And now, gentlemen, let me introduce you to a coward who took the easy way out, one of the men bellowed and kicked in the general's door. Three large men stood there with assault rifles, stopping short at the sight of Katie standing there. The leader immediately leered at her, sauntering into the room. Well, look what we have here, he drawled, licking his lips. Now, what's a pretty young thing like yourself doing up here all alone? I think she could use some company, don't you? The second guy drawled as he slid into the room. The third smirked and chuckled. Oh yeah, he added. Lots of company. Katie's heart hammered as they approached her. Three predators with their sights set on hers. Two handgun hammers clicked an ace and Dante stepped out from the corners flanking the door. The lady has all the company she needs, Dante said, voice like ice. The mercenaries froze in their triangle formation, the first one at the tip glancing over his shoulder. Looks like we got a tough guy over here, he said as he raised his hands and then cocked a brow at Dante's face. Whoa there, brother. "'And I thought I was having a bad day. "'You let us go and I can have the doc take a look at your face.' "'I'm good, thanks,' Dante replied. "'One of the guys in the back scowled, keeping his hands high. "'You guys have any idea who the fuck we are?' he demanded. "'Nothing but a bunch of hired goons,' Ace declared. "'The scowling mercenary glared at the short redneck. "'Better than being a punk-ass bitch like you.' he said with a sneer. Ace growled and the lead mercenary took a deep breath. Let's all settle down now and talk this out, he said firmly. No reason for anybody to get hurt, or worse. Dante cocked his head. Somehow, I doubt you're going to just let us go, he said. Well, whatever fucked up your face didn't fuck up your brain, the mercenary replied. No, we're not going to let you go. Bold statement when we have guns on you, Ace declared. The sneering mercenary in the back ran his tongue over his teeth. Boy, you ain't gonna be hot shit in a minute when I have you bent over that desk, he warned. Ace clenched his jaw. As I was saying, the leader continued rolling his eyes. No, we aren't going to let you go. However, we can bring you into the fold, give you protection. Just like you're giving protection to those on Hilton Head Island, Dante snarled. The mercenary chuckled, shaking his head. You're the jumper, aren't you? he asked, amused. Dante blinked at him in surprise. Don't look so shocked, the man continued. That little maneuver has been quite the story floating around the base. Not every day a man does a high dive from a bridge and survives. Looks like I owe Marcus five bucks. Dante smirked. I would say I'm sorry for costing you money, he drawled. But kind of your fault for doubting me. No apology necessary, the mercenary replied. Not like that money is good for anything these days anyway. More of a pride thing, really. But now that I know who you are, I'm pretty sure I can get you a job if you want one. The guy in the back winked at Ace. And don't worry, Cupcake. I got a job for you too, he said, blowing the redneck a little kiss. You listen here, motherfucker, Ace snarled and walked right up to the guy, pressing the gun against his temple. Before Dante could protest, the mercenary reacted immediately, spinning around and smacking Ace's arm out of the way, causing him to pull the trigger. The shot was deafening in the small office, startling everyone. The mercenary took advantage of the distraction and struck Ace, causing him to drop the weapon to the ground. The redneck fought back, delivering a couple of blows to the side of the mercenary's head. Despite his smaller, wiry frame, He managed to get force behind his hits. The lead mercenary hit the floor as Dante opened fire. His first shots missed, but he quickly turned his attention to the third guy who raised his assault rifle. Dante managed to hit him in the chest with three rounds rapidly, dropping him. The leader stayed low as he lunged for Dante, tackling him. They slammed into a bookcase, the impact causing Dante to drop his gun. Ace continued fighting with all he was worth, but his opponent managed to deflect and block every blow. The mercenary sneered as he batted his arm away. Man, I thought I was going to have to make you my bitch, he taunted. I had no idea you were already one. Ace grunted as he swung again. Fuck you, motherfucker, he snarled. I'm going to teabag your cops. the mercenary chuckled and attempted to block. But in his laughter he left the smallest opening for the redneck to land a shot. Ace's fist connected with his nose, staggering him back a couple of steps. "'Hope you enjoyed that,' he spat. "'Because that's the last one you're getting.' As they re-engaged in their fight, Dante exchanged blows with his opponent. The mercenary delivered a straight punch that he deftly dodged, causing his attacker to crack his hand into the wooden bookcase. As he recoiled in pain, Dante used the opportunity to grab his wrist, wrenching it around and down, forcing the mercenary to double over. As he let out a yelp, Dante gave a vicious palm strike to the elbow while pulling back his wrist, snapping his arm in two. His opponent let out a blood-curdling scream, drawing his knife with his other arm and swinging it around in an attempt to gut him. Dante hopped back, narrowly avoiding being stabbed, which allowed the mercenary enough time to get back to his feet, holding out the blade. You're one tough son of a bitch, he snarled. I'll give you that. Thought the bridge dive would have taught you that, Dante snapped. The mercenary grinned and lunged, but Dante smacked his hand to the side, forcing him to retreat. They did the same dance again, and then the mercenary regrouped and tried again, putting a considerable amount of thrust in his attack. This time, Dante snatched his wrist and pulled him forward, using the momentum to slam him into the bookcase. As the mercenary's head smacked into the thick bookcase, the knife fell to the floor. Dante slammed his skull into the shelves a couple more times and then put him in a chokehold. He wrestled his opponent to the floor, wrapping his leg up and pulling tight as the mercenary struggled, swinging his good arm around frantically as he struggled to breathe. He tried to pull the arm away, but that didn't work. So he tried to reach for Dante's face, but he couldn't reach. He jabbed back with his elbow into his attacker's ribs and Dante hissed with the pain, but didn't let go. If anything, it gave him the drive to pull tighter. The blows started to weaken as the light drained out of the mercenary and Dante squeezed as hard as he could, taking the last bit of air. When his opponent went limp, he held on for several more seconds just to make sure he was dead. He finally relaxed, shoving the body off of him and regaining his breath as he rubbed at his ribs. Ace tried to throw a punch, but his opponent smacked it aside and punched him in the stomach, knocking the air from his lungs and causing him to drop to one knee. All right, bitch, he declared. I'm done playing with you. Time to put you out of your misery. He pulled out his knife, raising it up as if he were about to impale it into the top of the redneck's head. A single shot rang out and one of the paintings on the wall exploded as the bullet whizzed by his ear. The mercenary startled and glanced back at Katie, standing there shaking as she held up the gun. The anger in his eyes caused her to lower her arms in fear, and he pointed the knife at her. Oh, don't worry, sweetheart, he cooed. I got something for you too. Ace pulled his own knife and stabbed up from a kneeling position, burying it into the mercenary's gut all the way to the hilt. Giving it all he had, the blade tore up several inches of the man's torso. The mercenary dropped his knife and fell to his knees, mouth open in shock. Ace stood up, tearing his blade out and then immediately slicing the asshole's throat, before kicking him in the chest and crumpling him to the ground. And then, as promised, he stood right over the mercenary's face and bobbed his crotch up and down. "'Yeah? Who's the bitch now, motherfucker?' he growled. "'Ace!' Dante snapped as he got up from the ground, glaring at him. The redneck straightened up and stared down at the corpse as the light disappeared from his eyes. He hocked a massive loogie across the mercenary's face. "'Bitch!' he turned back to Dante, raising an eyebrow. "'You okay, Scarface?' he asked. Dante grabbed him by the shirt, jerking him close and speaking an inch away from his face. "'When you have a gun on someone, you do not get within five feet of them,' he said firmly. "'Do you understand me?' Ace's eyes widened, fear evident in his face at the cold hardness of his companion. Dante let go of him, taking it as acquiescence and stepping back. "'Come on, we gotta get the hell out of here,' he said. "'Get their guns and ammo and move.' He gave Ace a supportive smack on the back and the redneck breathed a sigh of relief before joining him in looting the dead. Dante turned to Katie as he slung an assault rifle strap over his shoulder, noticing that she hadn't moved an inch since firing her one shot. He stepped over and gently pried the gun from her hand, shoving it into the back of his pants. We gotta go, he said quietly. Come on. She nodded, snapping out of it and took a deep breath. Following the duo out of the office, they thundered down the stairs and burst outside, looking around to make sure nobody else was around. "'Guess nobody heard the shot,' Dante said. Ace jogged over to the jeep that the mercenaries had arrived in. "'What are you doing, man?' Dante demanded. Ace didn't answer and simply got into the driver's seat, finding the key still in the ignition. He started it up and drove around to the back of the building, parking it by the fence. As he jogged back out to where Katie and Dante stood in the open, the latter spread his arms. What the hell? he asked. Ace shrugged. Figure it's someone comes looking for them. They won't immediately know this is where they are, he explained. Good work, Dante agreed, nodding. Now let's get to the truck. Chapter 6 when they reached the truck, they threw the guns onto the floorboards and squeezed into the cab. Ace fired up the vehicle and pulled off of the kerb, moving at a steady but not overly fast pace, so they wouldn't attract too much attention to themselves. When they reached the turn-off, he stopped at the intersection, looking both ways. Thankfully, there were no other vehicles around, and he pulled out, heading away from the base. The tension in the cab was palpable, the trio still on edge from the encounter. Dante looked over his shoulder almost completely sideways in the seat to watch behind them for anything following. As they drove, he didn't see a single vehicle, only the occasional pack of roaming zombies, a few attempting to follow but falling behind. Anything? Ace asked. He shook his head, finally turning around to face the front. Looks like we're in the clear, he said. Man, I'm so sorry about fucking up back there, the redneck moaned, rubbing his cheek with one hand. Don't worry about it, Dante replied. Ace shook his head. No, I'm serious, man. I could have gotten us all killed, he insisted. Lucky for us, you were there to handle things. "But the hell did you learn all that stuff anyway? Spent a few years doing MMA training, his companion replied. Like that pay-per-view cage fighting stuff? Ace let out a low whistle. Oh, hell yeah. That shit is almost as good as wrestling. Katie rolled her eyes. You know wrestling is fake, right? She piped up. Ace slammed on the brakes, lurching them all forward. Katie braced herself on the dashboard, staring at him with wide eyes. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. It's real, she said quickly. Just please keep driving. No, it's not that, Ace said, putting up a finger. Although, when we get back, I'm going to show you that Hell in a Cell match when mankind gets thrown off the top and ends up with a tooth shoved up his nose. Then we'll see if you still think it's fake. She raised an eyebrow. Then why did you stop, then? Ace pointed to the grocery store that they'd passed on the way in. There were still a dozen zombies in the parking lot, though none of them had noticed the truck yet. Are you crazy? Katie blurted. We gotta get out of here. Scarface, are you positive you haven't seen anybody following us? Ace asked. Dante shook his head. Just some zombies, but we lost them a mile back, he replied. Ace turned to Katie. We need food, badly, he said quietly. Then we'll go somewhere else, she insisted. The redneck looked to Dante, a pleading expression on his face. His companion pursed his lips, contemplating for a moment. Park around back, he finally said. Ace cut the wheel hard and headed into the parking lot smacking into several zombies as he headed to the back of the store. Katie chewed her lip, wringing her hands in front of her with white knuckles. Ace is right. We need food, Dante said gently. Chances are they're going to have this whole area on lockdown once they find their men. Same with the Hilton Head area. We might not have another chance to get food for a while. She swallowed hard, giving a begrudging nod. Ace smacked into a few more ghouls as he pulled up against the back of the store, parking between two large transfer trucks that were backed into loading docks. Dante quickly hopped out of the truck and used the rear tyre to vault himself up into the bed. Katie shuffled across the seat, but Ace reached out and put a hand on her arm. "'Give him a minute,' he said. He reached behind the seat and pulled out the crowbar, opening the back window to pass it through to Dante. Katie turned and watched as the large man readied himself for the zombies that were closing in. Just like before, he smacked them down quickly, clearing the way with a pile of zombies. Come on, let's get in and out, he said, and jumped down from the bed to the pavement. Ace and Katie got out, and Dante reached into the cab to grab an assault rifle and lead the charge to the back door. He pulled on it, surprised that it was unlocked. Guess they got hit while unloading, he muttered and readied the crowbar. Ace kept his assault rifle at the ready and the trio headed into the loading dock. There was blood everywhere, with multiple signs of struggles around overturned furniture and busted shelves. They were about three feet inside when Dante stopped them. He knelt down and smacked the crowbar several times on the concrete floor, sending a loud clang throughout the cavernous room. A few seconds later, four zombies rushed towards them. Hit them! he declared. Ace flicked off the safety and squeezed off several rounds, clipping a few ghouls in the head. Two continued to race towards them, and Dante lunged forward braining one with the crowbar as Ace took the other one out with a bullet. With the room seemingly clear, Dante banged the crowbar on the ground again, waiting for a response. Moans and crashes erupted from the retail area, and he moved forward to the swinging double doors that led to the store. A zombie wandered by, looking around frantically for the source of the sound. As soon as it cleared the opening, Dante held up a finger to signal to the other two to stay put. He gripped the crowbar tightly, gently opening the door and slipping out into the store. He moved slowly towards the ghoul, sneaking up behind it as it looked around for a target. Before it could swing around to see him, he smacked it in the side of the head, sending it to the ground. It twitched around so he stabbed the tip into its skull, ending it. He moved up one of the aisles to the main portion of the store, a big aisle near the registers. He spotted five more zombies by the front doors, but nothing else. When he turned to go back to the doors, he saw Ace had moved in, standing at the far end of the aisle. Dante motioned for him to stay put, then used some hand signals to let him know that there were five zombies ahead, and he was going to lead them his way. Ace raised his rifle into firing position. Dante smacked the crowbar on the ground, which immediately gained the attention of all five zombies. They screeched and raced towards him, and he whipped around and ran staying to the right side of the moderately sized aisle to give Ace a lane to shoot. As he grew close, the redneck unloaded. By the time Dante reached his side and turned around, all but two of the ghouls were gone, and they were within ten yards. Ace lowered his gun and drew his knife, and he and Dante lunged forward in unison with well-timed melee strikes to the head, dropping them both. See? Guns work at a distance. Dante teased as he sheathed his blade. They're not like knives. Ace rolled his eyes. You're an asshole, you know that? he asked playfully. So I've been told, Dante replied, smirking as he clapped him on the back. Come on, let's get shopping. They headed back to the loading dock, where Katie emerged with three shopping carts. Found these in the back, she said, separating them. Should help us get loaded up. Focus on non perishable goods, Dante instructed as he took his cart dry pasta, ramen, canned goods. Ace chuckled as he took his. So, basically, we're shopping like a broke bitch on WIC. Katie gaped at him, shaking her head. My, my! She breathed. Aren't we the offensive one? Oh, honey, I'm like an offensive onion, Ace declared, puffing out his chest. There are so many layers to peel back. She rolled her eyes and shook her head. Good to know we all have something to look forward to, Dante said dryly. Now, come on, let's stock up. The trio broke apart, each taking an aisle to throw various goods into their carts, moving with haste. The quicker they got out, the better. Chapter 7 The shopping spree had been going on for ten minutes or so, with the back of the truck being loaded down with goods. Dante headed out of the back door with another cartload, rolling down the stairs and putting the cart next to the truck. Ace finished up with his and glanced down into Dante's hall, raising his eyebrow. What in the hell is that? he demanded, pointing toward the flour and mesa. "'You've never baked stuff from scratch before,' Dante replied with a shrug. The redneck wrinkled his nose. "'I mean, I've punched holes in the top of the plastic on my hungry man dinners,' he drawled. "'But I'm guessing that don't count.' Dante chuckled as he started hucking bags of flour into the bed of the truck. Ace grabbed a pack of mesa and studied it curiously. "'Makes great homemade tortillas.' Dante explained. Ace put up a hand. So, wait, he said. You know how to cook, too? Well, with my obvious setbacks, I have to make up for it in other areas. His companion winked his one eye. Ace chuckled. Shit, man, Lily is going to be all over you, he said. Man, you've known me less than twenty-four hours, and you're ready to hitch us together, Dante said grunting as he heaved another giant bag of flour into the truck. Are pickings really that slim around these parts? The redneck shuddered. Yeah, you should see some of the losers she's dated, he said. If some of them had washed up on that island instead of you, they would have fed her to those things just to save themselves. You didn't even know her and you fought for her. That's good enough in my book. Fair enough, Dante admitted, and hefted the last bag in. He gave it a hearty smack. Unless we're strapping stuff to the hood, I think we're full, he declared. Let's get Katie and get the hell out of here, Ace said. All of a sudden, there was a roar of an engine out front of the store. Both men tensed before grabbing their assault rifles and rushing back inside. They tore through the loading dock, stopping at the swinging doors. Head that way, Dante instructed. You do one pass down and back. If you find her, great. If you don't, then you get back to the truck. Ace nodded. What about you? he asked. I'm going to have to do the same, he said, swallowing hard. We have a lot more people relying on us than just her. They need that food. Ace shook his head, but he knew that his companion was right. Neither of them wanted to have to leave someone behind, but there was more at stake here. The two of them broke apart and picked a direction. Ace was almost at a dead sprint, pausing only briefly at the aisles to look up them. He grew more and more frustrated with every step. Come on, girl, where the hell are you? he thought, panic rising. When he reached the end, he still didn't see her. He hesitated at the row spotting the fresh produce section at the top of the aisle. Fuck, you're totally the type of girl who's all healthy. He thought, and against his better judgment ran up the aisle, hoping she was there. Sure enough, when he got to the end, he spotted her with her back to him picking through the apples. At the far end of the store, the doors wedged open and he darted for Katie. He put his hand over her mouth and dragged her down to the ground behind a center display section, holding vegetables. She struggled and panicked, protesting against his palm. Ace held her tight and whispered in her ear. It's me! We're in trouble! Stay quiet! That was enough to get her to calm down, and she stopped struggling before patting him on the leg gently to remove his hand from her mouth. They peeked out from behind their cover, down the front of the store towards the door. A moment later, half a dozen armed men entered, one barking out orders they couldn't quite make out. They found us! Katie hissed, eyes wide. Ace shook his head. They're not here for us, he whispered pointing to one of the men grabbing some shopping carts. They're here for food. She nodded and turned back to him. Well, let's not give them a reason to look for us, she whispered. She manoeuvred to the other side of the display and, without warning, darted from cover, running to the far aisle. Ace gaped at how quick she was, but then froze at the sound of a mercenary yelling, We got contact! The redneck peeked out seeing one of the men raise his assault rifle and move swiftly but carefully towards the aisle, He watched Katie get to the end of it and take cover behind the end. Ace readied his rifle in case the mercenary continued his pursuit, watching him reach the end of the aisle and walk slowly down it, gun raised. He checked the others, who were going about their business, but on guard. Report! the man in command barked. The mercenary in the aisle called over his shoulder. Got a live one. Well, put him down quick, commanding officer yelled. We got a lot of work to do. Ace watched the mercenary raise his weapon, taking aim at the end of the aisle. He wasn't sure if Katie was still there or not, but given the kill order, he couldn't take chances. So he broke from cover. He quickly darted across, but caught the eye of someone that yelled, Hostile! His target heard it, and turned around just in time for Ace to shoot him in the face. "'Contact! Contact!' the commanding officer screamed. "'Put them down!' Ace practically flew down the aisle just as another mercenary reached the top of it. His attacker started shooting immediately, forcing Ace to slide on the floor just as he got to the end. As he did, Katie reached out and grabbed his arm, pulling him behind the end cap. He didn't speak, simply rolling over and aiming his gun, firing off several times towards the top of the aisle. He missed badly, but forced his enemy behind cover. Move! Ace cried, and scrambled to his feet, taking Katie with him. They got about four aisles down when a shot ripped up the back of the store, forcing him to shove her ahead and hit the deck. Amazingly, neither of them were hit, and he scrambled to his knees to fire up the aisle, forcing the enemy behind the other end cap. He adjusted his aim towards the first one, who had now made his way to the back aisle. Ace managed to get off a lucky shot that hit the mercenary in the arm, causing him to drop his weapon. The redneck fired a few more times up the aisle, keeping their other attacker at bay. "'The doors to the back are just up ahead. Go!' he cried, giving her a shove before turning to keep up the suppressing fire. Eight bullets later, the gun clicked empty. "'Fuck!' He tossed the rifle down in frustration and then ran as hard as he could for the back door. He made the turn just as a mercenary in the second aisle reached the back, firing a couple of shots at him and hitting the doorframe. Ace dove through the swinging doors, hitting the ground hard before scrambling to his feet and pinning himself against the wall. He frantically pulled out his knife, sucking in deep breaths as he heard footsteps racing towards him. He took a few steps to the side to make sure that he wasn't in the way of the doors. A moment later, a mercenary kicked his way in and Ace swung his arm back, not getting a good look at the target, just a general idea of where he was. The blade came to an abrupt halt as it hit his enemy in the throat. The mercenary struggled to stay on his feet as he gurgled, dropping his weapon before falling to the floor. Ace was stunned for a second and then snapped out of it, pulling his knife and grabbing the gun. He tore for the back door, looking down at the truck just as Katie was throwing open the passenger door. "'Is Dante there?' Ace cried. Katie shook her head. "'No!' he hesitated, chewing his lip for a moment. He knew he needed to get the food back to the people, but he couldn't just leave Dante behind. He gripped his rifle tightly and headed back inside. "'Where are you going?' Katie called after him, but he didn't turn back or answer. Ace moved with purpose, reaching the double doors and peeking out. He didn't see any mercenaries, so he slipped out quietly, getting across the back aisle and moving cautiously towards the front of the store. As he grew closer, he heard several boisterous men. Man, check out the mug on this motherfucker, one bellowed. You ever seen someone so ugly? Not since you picked up that dude in Bangkok, another drawled. You know good goddamn well that was a woman. The first one snapped. Shit, man, that's even worse, another cried, and a chorus of laughter erupted from the half-dozen men standing around Dante. Now, you want to explain to me why you thought it was a good idea to shoot my men? The commanding officer asked firmly, and Ace's eyes widened at the sight of Dante on his knees. I didn't start anything, Dante replied coolly. Just finished it. The officer shook his head, laughing. Impressive, he admitted. Most men in your position would be begging for their lives, not making defiant statements like that. Do I look like the type of person who begs for anything? Dante asked dryly. With a face like that, you probably have to beg for pussy from a prostitute, one of the mercenaries said with a sneer. Dante cocked his head. Nah, a fiver usually does it, he replied. Oh, And your mum says hi, by the way. The rest of the mercenaries burst into laughter at the expense of their insulted comrade. He didn't find it so funny. You motherfucker, he snarled, and lunged forward, landing a punch across Dante's face, before his commanding officer pulled him back. That's enough, his superior declared. He glanced at the front door, seeing the crowd of zombies smacking against it, attracted by the gunfire. He pointed to the offended mercenary and the one next to him. You two, go make sure that door is secure, he barked. The duo begrudgingly walked towards the door, leaving just the officer and three of his lackeys standing by Dante. Ace knew he had to act fast, or else his friend wouldn't make it out of this alive. He looked down at his rifle, seeing a switch on the side to change it to full auto. He grinned and carefully moved the selector down to it making sure not to make any noise. While I appreciate your attitude, the commanding officer was saying, spreading his arms, unfortunately my orders are to put down any and all resistance, so I'm afraid this will have to be goodbye. He reached for his holster, but before he could even pull the gun out, Ace fired, letting out a primal yell as he sprayed bullets. The mercenaries didn't even know what hit them, As the bullets shredded, the three men flew backwards, made into Swiss cheese. Ace turned towards the front door, firing at the two others, and they ducked, sending the bullets right into the glass. The redneck realised his mistake too late, and the glass shattered everywhere, quickly opening it up for the zombies to rush through. The two mercenaries attempted to panic fire, but were quickly swarmed, their screams filling the room as the creatures ripped the flesh from their bones. The officer whipped around and aimed his handgun at the front entrance as several ghouls bypassed the two fallen men and went straight for him. His shots were erratic, hitting torsos and little else. A couple of the creatures broke off pursuit, latching onto one of the men on the ground who was still moving. The officer took careful aim and hit one in the head, but Dante shoved him from behind, sending the asshole face-first onto the ground. Three zombies immediately leapt onto him, "'tearing into his body hungrily. "'One of the ghouls lunged for Dante "'and he used its momentum to shove it past him, "'getting behind it and driving it down an aisle "'as it thrashed about. "'As he passed a shelf of glass soda bottles, "'he grabbed one and slammed the base of it "'into the zombie's temple. "'It took a few blows before the creature clumped down, "'lifeless. "'He paused for a moment before Ace whistled at him "'from the back of the aisle. "'What are you watching for, Scarface?' he barked. Fucking move, man! Dante tore for him, and the two of them raced out the back of the store. They blew out the loading dock and scrambled into the truck. My God, what happened? Katie gushed as Ace turned the truck on, peeling out backwards. Dante looked down and saw the blood coating the front of him. Don't worry, it's not mine, he replied. Relief crossed her face, but her brow was still furrowed in concern. Ace let out a crazed grunt as he sped along behind the store, before turning up the road. Well, if those fuckers wasn't going to close off this area before, he declared, they sure as shit are going to do it now. You realize you just took down an entire squad of highly trained motionaries? Dante asked wryly. Ace laughed. Amazing what you can do when you realize guns can fire from a distance, he retorted. Dante patted him on the back and then turned to watch behind them as they drove over the wrong side of the bridge to avoid the pileup and get out of Beaufort. He let out a deep sigh of relief that nobody was following them. Chapter 8 Ace pulled into his driveway and the rest of the group poured out of the front door to greet them. Bailey held her sister's hands, a huge grin on her face, her mother standing behind them. Cam and Philip turned from boarding up the last window and Lily flew down the stairs to the truck. Well, it's about time you boys got back, she said, crossing her arms and jutting out her hip. Her demeanour fell when she realised how defeated they looked. What's wrong? Dante shook his head. Military is gone, he said. Gone? She gaped at him. What? How? Katie jumped down next to Ace and ran a hand through her hair. "'They were ordered to retreat,' she explained. "'We're on our own.' "'Fuck!' Lily declared. "'Can't believe the base was empty.' Ace tilted his head back and forth. "'Not exactly empty.' "'Yeah, some of those QXR mercenaries were there,' Dante admitted, absently rubbing at his bruised ribs. "'Had a bit of an issue with them.' She skirted the hood of the truck to get to him, batting his hand away to look at his side. "'Easy now,' he hissed as she pressed a little too hard. "'She jerked her hand back. "'Sorry,' she blurted, checking him over. "'It's all right,' Dante assured her. "'I'm all right.' "'She nodded, stepping back with relief. "'Wow! Look at all this food!' "'Bailey exclaimed as she peered into the back of the truck. "'You guys found a lot more stuff than we did today.' "'Dante inclined his head to Cam and Philip.' Slim Pickens at the gas station. Pretty much just what was on the shelves, Cam replied. That back room was so empty they could have rented it out as an apartment. Dante leaned on the truck. Well, we got enough here that should hold us over for a while. He waved his hand. Come on, let's get it all inside. Everyone pitched in and unloaded the truck, stacking the goods in the spare room in the house. After they got everything situated, the group slowly filed into the living room. Now, I'm a firm believer in being up front with everyone, Dante said as he stood facing the couch. It doesn't do anybody any good to be in the dark about our situation regardless of how bad it is. Hey, if it's okay, Cam said from the doorway, I'm going to get the girls set up in the back bedroom with a movie. He waved around a DVD. They probably don't need to hear this. Bailey nodded and smiled. "'That's a good idea,' she said. "'Hey, buddy, bring that over here, will you?' Ace asked, his brow furrowing. Cam headed over, holding out the disc. "'Hope you don't mind,' he said. "'I saw a stack of DVDs and looked through it. "'Thought the kids might like to watch Snow White.' "'You might be right on that,' the redneck drawled. "'But you really need to double-check the full titles of the movies in this house.' He handed it back, and Cam pursed his lips squinting and reading Snow White and the Seven Loads. He blinked at it. Oh, I, um, he stammered. I'm so sorry. Yeah, pretty safe bet that if it's in this house, it isn't going to be appropriate for kids, Lily said, rolling her eyes. Ace jerked a thumb over his shoulder. Don't worry, one of the houses down the street had some kids, he said. After we talk, we'll run down there and find something good for the tykes. Girls, why don't you go back into that back room and play together for a few minutes? Abigail suggested. Don't touch any of Mr. Ace's things. The girls nodded and obediently left, heading down the hallway. Okay, to put it bluntly, Dante said, clearing his throat once the girls were gone. We're in trouble. The military is gone. They evacuated to somewhere that isn't here. That puts us behind the eight ball, because we need supplies. Dante continued. Not just food and water, but we need to start fortifying this town, not just the house. Sooner or later, a pack of those things, or unfriendly people, are going to come through here. We have to be prepared for that. Ace clucked his tongue. More than likely, we're going to have to pull from homes instead of stores, he suggested. A lot of small towns nearby, but nothing like Bluffton or Beaufort. I mean Savannah is an hour away, but it has to be a grade A shit show by this point. We got to stay small, Dante agreed, which makes this next task even more difficult. We have to find a sustainable source of food and water. The supplies we got from the store will buy us a few weeks, and I'm assuming we're going to find stuff in nearby houses, but it's not going to sustain us very long. Lily raised an eyebrow. So what? You want us to be farmers now? she asked. If that's the case, then we're all in trouble, Ace declared. Lily's thumb is so brown that she kills plastic plants. As if you're any better, she shot back. Dante shook his head. Well, if that's the case, then we'd better add library to the list of targets. Because we need someone who knows how to grow things, he said. Grow things? Ace trailed off and then blinked as if he'd had a lightbulb moment. Holy shit. I got it. Lily's eyes widened. No. Just fuck. No. She waved her hands back and forth in front of her face. Ace shot her an apologetic look, but nodded. Who is it? Dante asked. Lily buried her face in her hands. My ex, she mumbled through her fingers. Oh, Dante replied lamely. Ace kicked up his feet, crossing them at the ankles on the coffee table. Maddox. "'Owner of the biggest indoor pot farm in Hardyville, South Carolina,' he announced. "'Probably the only indoor pot farm in Hardyville?' Lily muttered, lowering her hands. Dante sighed. "'I'm sorry, but if he knows how to grow things,' he said gently, "'we're going to need him if we're going to survive.' "'Yeah, I know,' she replied, grunting with frustration. "'Just—he's a fucking douchebag.' Ten minutes ago, I would be cheering the thought of him being gnawed on by zombies. And now we gotta go beg for his help? Ace winked at her. Don't worry, Lil, he drawled. You got a big, strong man over there to protect you from him. Protect me? She snapped. Hell, I could kick Maddox's ass six ways from Sunday. Now, if someone can make me deaf so I don't have to listen to his dumb ass, that would be helpful. Dante stifled a laugh. How far away is Hardyville? he asked. About half an hour south of here, Lily replied. He checked his watch. It's getting a little late to be venturing out, he said. And I think we've seen enough chaos and death for one day, Katie added. He nodded. Ace, what do you say we go clear out one of your neighbor's houses and see what they got? He asked. Mama, you want to help me in the kitchen? Bailey asked, getting to her feet. We'll get something cooked up for everyone. Look for the blue cooler in there, Katie piped up. I know we were supposed to focus on dry goods, but I figured some steaks wouldn't hurt. Ace pointed at her, staring at Dante. I like this one, he whispered loudly as he joined him. Lily trotted over them, pushing through to lead the way across the neighbor's yard. So, you dated a drug dealer, huh? Dante asked, unable to keep a straight face. Ace snorted. I told you, man. String of losers, he drawled. Lily nodded, but then it dawned on her that he was referring to her boyfriends. You told him what? she demanded, shoving his shoulder. Have you been talking about my dating life? She looked to Dante, who put up his palms. He brought it up, unprovoked, he assured her. Ace opened his mouth, but Lily smacked him, and he squealed before playfully running away. Hope you like the violent type, Scarface he bellowed. I'm gonna kick your ass, Lily shrieked, chasing him around in the grass. Dante watched them, laughing, enjoying the much-needed light-hearted way to finish the day. The End Up next, with the realization that they are truly on their own setting in, Dante and the others venture out in hopes of making contact with other survivors in Low Country Part 4.